Hi, everyone. Welcome back to FreightWaves Enterprise Fleet Summit. I'm John Gallagher, Senior Editor at FreightWaves. Uh, joining me in this fireside chat is Bailey Wood, the President and CEO of the Commercial Vehicle Training Association. CVTA is the largest association representing commercial truck driver training programs in the country. It represents over 225 schools in 43 states that train close to six, 60,000 commercial drivers annually. Bailey, thank you for joining us today. John, appreciate the opportunity. Thrilled to be here. I, I wanted to chat with you, Bailey, about several things affecting um, enter, enterprise fleas, and, and one of them being the new entry-level driver training rule, known as the ELDT rule. Um, that went into effect in February of this year, um, and it basically tightened up the um, training standards for, for driving schools and their, and their students. So to, to start off, Bailey, what are you seeing now that we are more than two months into implementation of that rule? So, John, as, as you're well aware, this is the first time that we now have uh, standards that exist across the nation um, to ensure that uh, new truck driving students get a, get a, a solid education. Um, in uh, how to operate a commercial vehicle safely. Uh, that's a huge deal. I think over the long term, we're going to see some pretty significant increases in, in safety, hopefully reduction in crashes. I think one of the nice things about this ELDT rule is kind of that, that double bottom line. Not only will we see improved safety, but insurance rates should also start being affected by that by a good, by, by a good margin. Um, what we've seen since uh, February 7th of 2022 when the uh, FMCSA implemented the rule is uh, we had uh, some hiccups. There were some minor confusions at several DMV offices, which we were able to uh, uh, fix. But um, I can honestly say after being involved in government in, in some way, shape or form for 25 years, I can honestly say that I have never seen a program be implemented on this size in this grand of a scale so effectively. Um, their training provider registry for schools and trainers to register on uh, has been relatively flawless. There have been questions here and there, of course, um, and there have been some issues, but uh, generally they've been at, again, specific DMV offices in, in some states, not all states. Um, but it's gone stunningly well for a government program. And may maybe my bar is a little low for that, as it is a government program, but it's been, uh, it's been going fairly well. We are now two months into it. And the good thing is, is things are continuing to do, uh, continuing to go well because it'll take several weeks for students to start getting through the ELDT level curriculum. And now they're starting to, to, to really begin on a large scale to test out um, at uh, state DMVs and third party testers. So the ELDT is going to improve safety and, and it's already getting through the system. Students are already getting through the ELDT system and DMVs have adapted relatively well to it. Yeah, I, I just kind of sort of a side note to that. Is there in, in the curriculum, is there um, any delineate any kind of delineation um, made like for, for requirements for enterprise fleets um, for either companies that lease or own these these enterprise fleets or for a driver that just ends up, um, you know, work, working for a, a large carrier or, or an owner operator? Well, I think it, it for the rule to be effective and to do what it really needs to do, it needs to be broad based. And, and the rule itself is really focused on skills more than anything. 
um, ensuring that they they're ensuring that they have the right theory background. There's three aspects to the entry level driver training rule. There's uh, a a theory section where the student has to score an 80% or better. There's a behind the wheel on the range where they have to perform a, a specific set of skills to uh, a proficiency level. Um, and then they then they go on the road where they have to do the same to to a proficiency level. So it's really broad based skills just to make sure it's adaptable, whether you're an enterprise fleet or, or whether you're an owner operator. And, and we have to do that to make sure that, you know, students have multiple opportunities after they graduate from our schools. Yeah, yeah, I see. And, 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 and again, it's early, but um, it, only a couple of months now. But any any issues with that you're seeing with compliance? Um, you know, com- compliance with the rule, or has it? Or and, and, uh, you mentioned some. You mentioned some hiccups, but are, are there are, are these like sort of compliance type hiccups? No, the the one the the one issue that we've had that has been probably the biggest is, um, and I want to be very careful in my wording here because it's. I want to say there have been very specific DMV offices. I don't want to say DMVs because because the DMVs have done a very good job, but very specifically, certain DMV offices in certain locations erroneously, stress the word erroneously, erroneously believed that you needed ELDT to get your commercial learner's permit. Uh, That is untrue. Uh, We immediately went out to our members, probably within 48 hours of the rule uh, uh, going into effect. We provided them with a link to the actual document, the actual rule that specifically says you do not need ELDT to get your uh, commercial learner's permit. The whole point of entry-level driver training is it's supposed to exist between the moment you get your commercial learner's permit and your state skills test. That's where ELDT exists. We've had a couple things with documentation and um, that kind of thing, and there have been medical questions to make sure that they're, um, uh, the students are complying and why we're doing this. But generally speaking, other than that one hiccup in, in the DMV offices, it's, it's been relatively smooth. So I wanted to and to step back. Let, let's go back. Um, I guess a couple of years now, 2020, 2021, um, The states had become backed up by delays in the skills testing because of the uh, COVID-related um, staffing issues um, at, at, at both the schools and, and the and the state DMVs, I, I believe. So, um, could could you brief us, Bailey, on the, the status there and whether the, the pipeline for training and testing drivers has, 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 has loosened at all? Well, it, it has somewhat, but nowhere near enough. Um, you know, there, there's no question we need another 80,000 new truck drivers on the road. And one of the biggest holdups, unfortunately, is, is skills testing. Um, the, the issue, it's, it's, it's more probably our, our, our biggest issue here at CBTA. And um, while DMVs have been kind of getting back to work, they're still short of examiners. Um, And this is something that we brought up to the White House several months ago. Um, If you currently, as as a matter of fact, it just wrapped up um, uh, the White House's 90-day challenge, which was trying to address the 80,000 truck driver shortage. Uh, One of the aspects of that, which CVTA pushed very strongly for, was is you know, it's important to get these students in, get them through the programs, yes, but if, if you have a bottleneck at the state DMVs, you know, you, you're not going to solve the problem. You've only solved half the problem. So one of the things that the White House just announced that they recently was the fact that they sent $57 million to the states uh, to implement better procedures to address 
um, licensing, licensing process, but more importantly, skills testing delays. We solve that problem and we start getting some more uh, instructors at our schools, we can very quickly uh, take a huge bite out of that uh, uh, 80,000 number that uh, ATA keeps talking about. Well, I, um, and, and going, and so from, yes, you, met, you mentioned what the White House's um, kind of, uh, announcement of that new, that new money for the states, but the FMCSA, I, in about a month or so ago, they withdrew a rulemaking um, that would have allowed CDL skills uh, um, trainers to, to, to also issue the, the tests. Um, and they, they cited, the FMCSA cited um, uh, uh, the potential for basically undermining the integrity of the whole skills testing process. Now, I'm, I'm assuming this wasn't a, a popular decision as far as you're concerned? Well, at, at the end of the day, what they did is, is they did withdraw the waiver. But, but at the point, uh, the point is, is the waiver was no longer necessary. A waiver under a federal emergency order lasts only for 90 days. It has to be uh, reinstituted every 90 days, has to be reproposed and approved. Fortunately, they turned it into guidance so that third-party testers can administer a written test. So they've made, uh, they've taken away the 90-day clock and made it permanent. And guidance exists. It's not as strong as a regulation, uh, nowhere near as strong as a law, but it's one way of government of saying, all right, this is going to be the, the rule for now. Uh, guidance uh, is, is relatively in perpetuity until uh, another administration comes along and uh, changes it or the administration that puts it out. So uh, it was really swapping, uh, swapping A for A and making it permanent, which was a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, so now, now Bailey, you mentioned um, the, the driver's shortage. I want to get into a little bit much, at least from your perspective. I mean, and, and, and that term is a little bit controversial um, just because um, some of the industry argue that it's, it's, it's misleading because um, they would say there are potential, there are, there are plenty of potential drivers out there. So the question might be, you know, why aren't the companies a, a, attracting them? But, but it is sort of, sort of put that aside. What, um, what are you seeing uh, on the ground from a, from a, from a training school perspective in terms of the demand for, for truck drivers? So the, the, as in terms of the demand for truck drivers, let, let me let me flip that around and and talk a little bit about what we're seeing in our schools in terms of students. Um, I have several schools that I've talked to recently that are booked out through the end of July, that their classrooms are full through the end of July, that they're signing up people for August, which means there's a huge interest in this industry, which is phenomenal. Uh, we need more instructors. I know one of the messages I'd, I'd like for your viewers to get out of this is if you know of a driver who's retired or retiring, um, get them in touch with CVTA. We'd love to get their name. We'd love to get them on so they can continue to uh, uh, take their experience that they gained on the road and teach it to the next generation of truck drivers. Um, if we solve the truck driving, uh, the skills delay issue that I talked about earlier, and we have uh, substantially more uh, instructors, we can solve this this issue of uh, a lack of drivers. Um, but at the end of the day, schools are booked, schools are busy, and that's a good thing. P 
people are coming out of the uh, uh, COVID recession and uh, they're trying to build new lives. And a lot of people are changing their lives through, through truck driving. And it's, it's an incredible industry. Um, and people are seeing that right now. And, and schools are just, they're doing well, they're booked. And again, we just need more instructors and we can push more people through the system. We will do it safely and we will do it under the confines of entry-level driver training. So they have the safest trained drivers out there. Gotcha. And so um, sort, of, sort of just a, a last question to, to um, wrap up a bit here. Um, could you, you tell us, Bailey, in terms of any updates, uh, legislative updates in Congress, um, any um, uh, regulations, potential regulations that you're, 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 um, you're monitoring, monitoring that are particularly important for your members? Well, uh, like I said, skills testing delays is, is one of our top two issues. The other issue in this is workforce development uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and recently, the uh, uh, House Education and Labor um, uh, Committee marked up legislation. Uh, at first, we had pretty serious concerns about this legislation. It's the, the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act is one of the larger funders of uh, students going through schools. We estimate that approximately uh, uh, 22,000 students use these WIOA programs uh, to get through uh, CDL training. About 15,000 of that 22,000 go to private institutions. And the thing that concerned us about this legislation was the fact that it specifically barred proprietary organizations like my members uh, from uh, receiving uh, students WIOA grant. Um, and this is how students pay for it. So 15,000 students would no longer be eligible for WIOA funding. Uh, we immediately brought this to the attention of the committee. Uh, recently, we had what we call CVTA's Hill Day, uh, where we had very key meetings. This is our fly-in where we, we connected our, uh, our members to um, uh, their members of Congress. And we talked to them about this issue. Uh, we brought it to the attention. We said, you're threatening 15,000 potential students and 15,000 potential new truck drivers to get on the road. Um, and the, uh, the, the chairman of the committee actually altered the base bill, which is pretty rare in Washington. Usually it has to be done through the amendment process. But he altered the base bill to ensure that uh, these 15,000 students can still receive federal vocation tuition assistance through the WIOA program. That's a big win uh, for the trucking industry. I see. Wow, that, 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 that's great. So um, what and so and so that's still working its way through Congress. What's what's the, the next step there? Well, the next step is for it to move to the floor uh, for better or for worse. Uh, the the future of this legislation is dubious at best. It, it, uh, they were working, uh, the House Education Labor Committee had been working for months on uh, a bipartisan bill, uh, negotiation stalled. And so uh, they put out this bill, again, the, the, the bill that had include, had past tense, uh, included the uh, onerous provisions about proprietary schools. Um, and so it no longer has, so they, they, they did a, a partisan bill um, it was a vote yesterday. Only Democrats supported it. Um, so its future is is rather dubious. Uh, and that's being generous. Uh, the Senate will start their own process if they do. Uh, unfortunately, WIOA is uh, not a major priority right now. 
Uh, though we continue to push that message with the White House, we need to reauthorize this bill because it helps so many get through uh, CDL training in the United States. Um, so we're not holding our breath on the future of this, but we made a pretty significant change to ensure that, uh, again, I'm going to use the number, 15,000 students have access to WIOA funding if they attend a private CDL school. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, we'll obviously um, keep track of that and uh, stay tuned and see how that sort of progress, progresses, how, what the status becomes on that. And and just we'll stay tuned with you, Bailey, just on that and um, other issues uh, affecting um, uh, driver training. Um, and so thank you again for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in.